0: Welcome to Secrets to a Financially Healthy Life, a video podcast series brought to you by Quilter. In this series, we focus on the importance of financial advice in helping you navigate every stage of your life and your career. I'm your host, Jane Constantinis, and in these episodes, we're going to be hearing from both quilters' own experts and a range of external guests to give a holistic overview and some practical advice on how to manage and achieve a healthy financial life for you and your family. In today's episode, we're discussing the M word, money, and why the topic of money is so often tiptoed around and avoided. We'll also be focusing on how this aversion to the topic of money affects education, future decisions and passing on wealth, and therefore why the ability to have these open and honest conversations with your family and loved ones is so crucial. Two guests joining me today are Paul Young, Head of Business Consultancy at Quilter Financial Planning, and Peter Komalafi, financial expert, podcast host, and founder of Conversation of Money. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, nice you. Might we begin uh, by hearing from each of you, please, a little bit about yourself and your your career journey up to this point. Peter, what about you?
1: Okay, so my name is Peter Komalafe, and um, my career actually started in financial services about 16 years ago. I started in building society, and I've worked through retail banking, corporate banking, and then wealth management. But in 2020, obviously COVID happened, and I ventured into uh, social media, creating content from things that I'd learned in the industry for 15 years. Uh, on YouTube, on my own podcast, Um, really just to have conversations with people that I wish someone had with me when I was in my 20s, sharing the knowledge. So that's kind of what I do and that's what drives me now.
0: Mm. I'll come on to what those conversations are about in a minute. Paul, tell us about you.
2: Well, I'm not as cool as Peter. Uh, So uh, for those of you listening, I'm I'm the the bloke in a suit and he's the cool guy. Um, But yeah, my my history is that currently I work in business consultancy, but specialising in behavioural economics, which is posh way of looking at the, the way that we do behave rather than the way we should behave. Mm. Um, and that's whether that's financial advice, uh, human interaction, people owning and running businesses, that sort of thing as well. So uh, mm. if it doesn't have value, then we shouldn't be talking about it, sort of stuff.
0: And this episode is all about why we avoid talking about money and obviously the, the implications of that. Um, why? Paul, why? Well,
2: it's not an easy one, and obviously, everything I'm talking about is generalization. So by generalizations, we are taking an average. But if you'll indulge me, one of the main theories is is that it's it's three parts, why we have trouble. Uh, One is the way that we're pre-wired to to the way we act around things we own. Uh, The second one is more of a cultural feel, which would be the the sort of the macro way that where where you are uh, brought up or the history of your environment. And the third one is normally about your own experiences, things that have formed you often in your, in your formative years. So it's those three key things that interact almost like a Venn diagram uh, and have different strengths.
0: I'm curious about the, um, the, the cultural uh, situation here. Um, are the British particularly bad at this or do the same rules apply right across the world? Well,
2: uh, Peter will probably be able to add more about that, but yes, the the research shows that actually we're we're particularly poor at this in the UK and also in Japan, believe it or not. And there are some similarities and there are some, can we prove it? No, but some generalization theories about that. Um, Part of it is to think of, if you think about UK and Japan being very hierarchical, very class driven, also with small islands with heavy, dense populations. So you're in danger of bumping into people. Um, And also you could tell people's wealth and the histories. You know, think of the Ming dynasty, not Ming, but the the, the emperor dynasties and what we've had of kings. Um, You could tell people's wealth by how much land they had, or uh, the, the Monty Python, Holy Grail, you could tell that they, they were royalty because they weren't covered in muck. Um, but, <laughs> was the but, word but, muck? Well, it, it I'm wasn't, not sure it was uh, in I, the It's original. a family show, James. <laughs> so, but, but there is a cultural piece, which is that we, uh, we, we naturally, in the UK, which is, which is changing much, we'll come on to this as well, but cultural feel is uh, about modesty, about uh, understatedness. If you compare to America as well, it's about uh, financial security, Whereas actually in America, it's about here and now and financial wealth and success. And I don't know, you know if, that, if that resonates with, with Peter, but it, mm. that, that's... and But there is a change, I think, coming as well. But. Mm. Yeah.
0: Interesting. What's, what's your perspective on this, Peter, from your own experience and also from the people that you interact with on social media?
1: I think that there was a couple of things that Paul mentioned there that were very interesting around um, personal experiences. So there was a Cambridge study done a few years back and um, it basically highlighted the fact that financial habits are... In, built in at age seven. That's pretty, it's pretty crazy to think of it. And that's because kids take in so many things subconsciously and they're like, you know, sponges. Mm -hmm. And certainly from my point of view, over the years, I've kind of tried to figure out why money was such an issue for me growing up. And um, I put it down to an experience when I was like maybe five or six that kind of built in this mindset of scarcity, the realization that we didn't have any money. And then as you grow and become older, that then manifests into other habits, things that happen when you start interacting with with money in life as as an adult. And the cultural piece is 100% spot on. Here in the UK, it feels like, you know, we're very polite, very, very humble. We don't want to be too braggadocious. Whereas in the States, they're quite happily going to be braggadocious on something that they feel quite proud about, um, something that they've achieved. And sometimes that, does connect to to financial resources.
2: Mm. The braggadocious thing. Well, that's, that's I was cool, gonna say,
0: isn't it? is that a word? Wow, I made now. that <laughs> word
2: up. <laughs> I believe it is. It, it, it <laughs> is now. It is now. But so in, the, in the states, and this is this is what I think goes back to the cultural piece, is that there is you know, you could be um, when you, you went know, in the founding fathers, it didn't matter. You had no history about wealth because you could have a massive track of land, and people didn't know if you, had, if you were poor or rich, but you had land. Whereas in the UK, if you had land, you were rich. So there was a natural. You didn't have to talk about wealth. But in America, there's this thing about we. I need to tell you about my career and aspirations because you don't know who I am. You've got no history. And there is that. that that's quite, uh, I think, quite, quite liber- liberating in some respects, mm-hmm. but that's a different cultural piece. Mm-hmm. But the, the formative piece is really, really, really important. But also we are hardwired. This first thing, we are hardwired in a different way because money, money and numbers is a very recent concept in the timeline of humans. Yeah. You think about it, yeah. but ownership and possessiveness is you know it's pre-wired into us, you know and if you I always say, look at children if you want to look at our what our oh, what our yes. brain does, yes. you, you, take from, oh, yes. you take a favorite toy away you take a favorite toy away from a toddler yeah. that they own, whoa, watch out yeah. you, it's it's hardwired in us to, to to have value to things that we have, and money is just one part of it, but there's a, there's a hardwiredness about ownership and things we call endowment effect, which is we value what we have more than perhaps than we think other people would value. But there's this cultural overlay which doesn't help us as the Brits. And then what's happening also on top of this is, as Peter might like you said, is this, the formative years has a massive issue. Family interactions, memories, experience, they can really shape your, your feelings, positive and negative. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Peter, you said two incidents. Yeah. Um, are you happy to elaborate a bit more yeah, on yeah. what you mean by that?
2: So I was,
1: I was fostered from three months to eight years old. Mm-hmm. So I was put in the care of a foster family down in East Sussex. And um, I remember our next door neighbor, Glen, Glenn Mills my best friend at the time. Mm. Um, His kitchen smelled very, very different at dinner times. Like the aromas coming out of the kitchen, it was like Gordon Ramsay or Nigella Lawson was in there, right? Um, And in our house, it was very, very different. We were having beans on toast for dinner. And so at five and six, your head's computing, or at least my head was computing, Mm. thinking, okay, well, they have better food. Mm. And that translates to, okay, we can't afford that kind of food and that then bread a scarcity mindset in me, which at the time, completely harmless. But as I got older and older and older, started to interact with money, you know, got sent back to to the UK with 50 pounds at age 18. That scarcity mindset, I've got my own money now. Spend, 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 spend. Mm -hmm. And I think those formative years are so important because they have a bigger impact than we sometimes give them credit for. And I always ask people, what is your first memory of money? Because the odds are if you've had financial issues, it might tie back to some of that. And it definitely did for me.
0: And of course, what that illustrates as well is how closely connected emotion and memory are. Yeah. The emotions that you felt smelling Glen's mum's roast lamb or whatever mm-hmm. it was, yeah. or perhaps the dad cooked it. Absolutely. And, and the yeah. smell is one
2: of the biggest triggers for memory. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. it? Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, we've established and we'll go into more detail later that, that we're not very good at talking about it. Why does it matter that we're not good at talking about it?
1: Um, Look, I think, ultimately, the conversations are really important. And my my podcast is called Conversation of Money because I want people to know this is what we talk about. Um, And I think in, in recent history, money has become such a big component of what makes life possible or the things that we tie importance to in life important. And maybe there's an economic, socioeconomic kind of lens to this. But it's really important to have this conversation because there is a lot of weight. Most of the things that you want to do in life require money. If you look at the younger demographic these days, they're struggling to get on the property ladder. Home ownership feels like it's impossible these days for the younger generation. That puts a massive importance on money. So how can you approach something that you are struggling with already in terms of the perception of this is an impossible task and be able to make the right decisions in your efforts to acquire it. And when you do acquire it, which is hard enough for a lot of people, how do you then use it effectively and make the right right decisions? Unless we're having these conversations at a very, very early stage, it becomes difficult for people to comprehend and make the right decisions ultimately.
0: What, what's, what's your experience of, of the impact of not having these conversations? Um,
2: so uh, the impact is, is, is inwardly, close relationships in this family. Um, Inwardly, it can be quite disruptive if you're not comfortable with yourself. And we'll talk about that in a minute, about what your perception of success can be monetarily as Mm -hmm. well. Um, How you interact with loved ones, as in close partners, can be really disruptive because of perception versus reality. And then the family piece. But most of it links is about, um, we judge our world and what we see. And I can judge, I can. Ju- I hate to say it, but we do judge. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, are, we take information. I judge you on wealth often on what I can see, which is things you've spent money on. Mm-hmm. Cars, yeah. house, mm-hmm. suit, and that obviously social media is all over it, mm-hmm. yeah? But what I don't see is where you've saved your money. I don't know what your pension is. I don't know, I can't see what you haven't. So I can see what you spent, but I can't see what you saved, all right? So my measure of success often is what we've spent. And we know often that that, that may be a facade but I also think the having, having uh, and it's really, really, really hard. You said about, you know, show, show me, the, show me the, the the child at seven and I'll show you the, the adult at 21 is an old saying, but it actually works very well with money. Is a lot of this is formed about perception of success. And I find it, I feel really challenged at the moment because I'm a, I'm a 50 year, one year old uh, father of two. I worry about how people's perception of success is in social media because it feels like they want, Everything They want the success, they want the money, want the, the Bugatti Chiron, they want all that, but they also want to save the world, have the planet and be, you know, uh, and help, help with mm-hmm. others all the time. And I think that's a really hard mm-hmm. tension. And if you can understand what is your purpose, what's, what, does, what does money mean to you? And get yeah. to understand that in a, in yeah. a, in a dialogue, that can yeah. be part of it.
0: And of course, what's interesting uh, as a parent now, and I am too, is that our influence on our children is tiny compared to their peers and now this new set of peers who they don't know at all, but they're all out there, social media. What are you hearing? Because you're interacting with with young people a lot. I can resonate
1: with everything you just said there, Paul, because I've literally, I've literally had parents email me to say, look, I keep saying to my son that he needs to have a look at this, this, and this. He won't look, he will not listen to me. But I know he watches your channel because he's told me about it. And I now watch your channel can you please talk about this to Mm -hmm. give him your view and your perspective, because he'll listen to you.
0: And what is this without giving anything In terms of
1: like, you know, decisions around whether or not he should be looking to save for for a deposit for a house within a quick period of time, or actually save more, wait, and have a larger deposit, so he's not over-leveraged on a mortgage Uh, and a 95% deposit, you know, um, a loan-to-value, sorry. That is something that is common these days. Mm-hmm. And the the perception of money and c- certainly for, the, for younger people is, you know, yes, they do want the Bugatti on, They want the out, outward mm-hmm. um, demonstrations of what wealth and success looks like. And I can definitely resonate to that. You know, um, I talk about this quite a bit. On my journey, my idols, my inspiration were the hip hop rappers of, you know, the 1990s and the early 2000s, right? So that heavily influenced how, what I thought was success looked like. So when I started to make good money, I was like, okay, I've got to get these things. And that's not, that's not the reality of it. That's not what makes you successful. Instead, it is the savings, the pension fund, the financial security that you build, yeah. but social media doesn't push that narrative yeah. or present that or narrative,
0: celebrate unfortun- or celebrate yeah. it. I mean, what is a Bugatti Chiron? I don't even know what that is, <laughs> let alone having one. What it, is it?
2: It's, a, it's an expensive car. It's a very expensive <laughs> car. Very expensive.
0: Car. <laughs> okay. Yes. Thank
2: you. Or, or, or someone who plays for Chelsea, probably. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 a really so you know, there. There's a digression possibly, but there's a, there is a science of happiness, um, and research about it, and I think. You know, you've covered it on some other podcasts, but you know mastery, autonomy, and relatedness is basically the con- constitutions of, of happiness. You know, mastery we like to we like to get good at stuff. We can't help it, mm-hmm. or we like to do things easier um, <laughs> than we used to. We like to get better or often lazier. Mm-hmm. Autonomy we like to have freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'm not seen a happy slave. I don't like being told what to do. Linked mm-hmm. the reaction of when you're told what to do, um, and this relatedness is, is about purpose. Is how do you relate to other people? And what's your purpose in life? And it's really hard because most people think they should have goals on social media. People should, uh, you should have a goal. What's your goal? And if you don't have a goal, then you're a failure. Well, actually it's about your purpose. And often it's easier with clients and understanding, what is your purpose? My purpose, I can tell you, I haven't got a, I'll be honest, I have not got a goal and I am supposed to be a business consultant, counsellor, etc. I haven't got a goal, but I'll tell you what my purpose is. My purpose is to provide for my family, mm. all right? Make sure they're secure. My purpose is to make sure I, my other half feels loved and wanted, she doesn't leave me until retirement, and that's <laughs> no, serious. And that my other purpose is to create independent, hardworking and grateful adults for my children. That's my, pur- that's my purpose, that's it. And the rest of it hangs from that. But often it's it's all oh, the gold. You need yeah. to earn this yeah. and have that. Yeah. No, it's about purpose and getting people to understand their inner purpose. Sometimes gets them to have a bit more calmness. I don't know if you if you agree with this, but and then you understand what's what's if that's your purpose, what it's about. And it's, do you really need the showy bit? I don't know. Mm. I think crucially,
1: when you have purpose, money as a byproduct. is secondary to mm. the purpose. I think a, a lot of the time, as people that balance of happiness and purpose that you find is often you get that counterbalance between the importance of money. Money kind of outweighs that purpose sometimes. And Mm -hmm. that equation is very, very hard to balance, Mm -hmm. really, really hard to balance.
0: So it sounds to me as if um, we need to be having conversations not just about mortgages, how big a deposit to save for, et cetera, et cetera, but about these, these bigger issues, more fundamental issues about Purpose and goals, and, and so on, and happiness what makes us happy? Yeah.
1: I mean, look, this is probably where my experience in, in and you'll probably agree with this, Paul, right? As someone who you qualified financial advisor working in the industry when you sit down with a client you talk about their goals their purpose right that's that's really what drives the entire thing and i think it's so important for people for people to be keyed into what their purpose is because it makes everything else so much easier to understand and interact with and money is a key constituent to a consistent mm. to that and yeah purpose is so important and funny enough it ties very very nicely into the financial services industry and you know what financial planning is all about it's about providing and
2: delivering your purpose at the end of the day mm-hmm. yeah. you know
0: and your and, wife will be very pleased to hear that she's safe for a few years anyway
2: well i'm, I'm well i know I'm, I'm the one who, i'm the one who's worried at <laughs> the scarcity i'm not going to be worried but no, but the purpose thing is, is is really important and if if you we don't we don't all work you know um, Often in, in, in media, we look at you know, gold medal winners and sports and we want to be like them. And often people don't want to be the gold medal winner. They don't want to be because they think, oh, that's hard trudge. I mean, he's getting up mm-hmm. early. Yeah. But, and he asked me, I feel like a failure if I haven't got a goal. And a lot of financial plans, we, talk, oh, we need to understand your goals and aspirations. Most people in the UK, depending on which survey you look at, 4% have four percent of people have goals written down. LinkedIn did a survey to say only 12%. And we feel like we should have because it's goal driven. But actually, you can mm-hmm. ask people about what's the purpose? What makes you go to work? Mm. You know, money, money questions, you'll soon find out what people's purpose is and you can really hone it down. And often it's not what they think it is. Mm. And I think Mm. that's the real skill. But if you know the purpose and you think about the ongoing, and people do this with diets, they do it with sport, they do it with, you know, career. If you remind yourself what the purpose is, you're more likely to stick to it and keep to it. Mm. You're more likely to think. um, So if you DIY invest, for example, Mm. people often bail because it's dropped this week. Mm -hmm. Whereas actually, if you, if you have a conversation with a financial planner and says, well, actually, this is the go- you know, our purpose is to make sure you have a good retirement in seven years, and I said there's going to be a blip, they'll stay invested yeah. and they won't bail out. Yeah. You know, and and we, we, there's plenty of research that shows that most people will bail out if there's a, a market drop of 10 or 20%, but most markets come back within 24 hours.
0: Mm.
2: So you know, it's that short term piece, which if mm. you don't anchor to that purpose yep. piece,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: then you, you actually have a bad outcome.
0: Peter earlier you talked about your childhood experiences and and you said I had an issue with money tell us a little bit more if you're happy to about what what happened and and how that then led you to get into this this area yeah sure
1: so like I've already alluded to I was fostered from 3 months to 8 years old so my parents are Nigerian they came over in the 70s mm-hmm. so they had me whilst they were working three or four jobs each and studying at the same time. So it was customary at that point in, in at that point of time where Nigerian uh, parents came over and they would foster out their kids via a newspaper ad. So that's what they did with me. They put an ad in the paper, families respond, they go look at the families and then if the family's okay, they drop the kid with them. So I was with my foster parents from three months all the way to eight years old. When I was eight, they were like, oh, you've not met your brothers or other family in Nigeria, come back over, two week holiday turned into a 10 year uh, stint. So I came back in 1998, they gave me 50 pounds. So when I came back, um, I had no financial education at home. I didn't understand, I was never allowed my own money. And all of a sudden I was entrusted with 50 pounds, go back, go and find your foster parents and take care of yourself. Suffice to say, I ended up up being homeless and in a lot of debt, because at that point I was interacting with banks, overdrafts, checkbooks, credit cards, the whole thing. I spent about 15 years struggling with, with debt, essentially. And so my career in financial services is a complete and utter mistake. I was on benefits. I was told if I didn't go for an interview, I would be taken off benefits. I was like, well, it's a bank. So, I'm not going to rock up and be like, listen, I'd like a job because I probably owe this bank money. <laughs> so I tried to sabotage the interview. I went there with a jeans, leather jacket, trainers on. But the lady who interviewed me loved me. She goes, we'll give you a job. And I just thought, like, yeah, you'll, you'll do credit course, check on my credit scores and that will be that. You won't give me a job. So I got the job and I started working my way through. And it's through my career that I started to learn all of these things that has led me to this point now where this is what i do on social media trying to educate people from a place of number one experience i am qualified as a financial advisor mortgage advisor i don't advise anymore because this is what i do now um but i wanted to be able to provide a voice of reason that is different to the hyperbole that is often surrounded um, and shrouded money and those kind of conversations online uh really so yeah
0: Interesting. Very, very interesting story. So what what do you wish somebody had told you?
1: Oh, there is so much. Number one, I wish that someone had told me how to budget first and foremost. I mean, I came back again with 50 pounds in my pocket. Suffice to say, it didn't last that long. It didn't last long at all. So Birdie Man, I left when I was eight years old, came back when I was about 18. Snickers, Twix, I didn't have any of that stuff, right? So a good portion of that 50 quid went towards those things. And you would think but hang on a second, you're in a country you just rocked up at your foster parents' house after 10 years, they didn't know you're coming. Like this 50 quid has got to last you. I wasn't thinking like oh, that.
2: Peter, I was the same. The first, first time I got my own house, I bought proper cereals rather than the really cheap Tesco <laughs> stuff, like proper sugar puffs. Yeah, Man, it was like manna from yeah. heaven. It was just like, yeah. not, not the yeah. same thing, but you yeah. know, it's, it's like, whoa.
1: But yeah it's, yeah, it's like budgeting. I wish that someone had a conversation with me about budgeting. I really do wish that someone had a conversation with me about debt and how that works. Um that robbed me of of a good stint of my life just battling with debt Mm -hmm. um mental health is is one of these topics that we talk a lot about now i didn't know i'm right i wrote a book it's going to be out um, soon and i talk about this specifically in one of the principles about debt the mental health toll that it has on you i wish that someone had definitely spoken to me about debt interest rates all that kind of stuff how it works and the consequences of of not being financially responsible um, in investing. Investing so exciting, right? But I didn't learn about the stock market until I was like in my thirties. It's like if I knew this when I was like 19, 20 years old, mm-hmm. I would have made better decisions. I would have uh, put in better financial practices and habits to help me invest early so that, you know, over the long term, you turn out better from a financial point of view. There's so much really, but those are mm-hmm. just a few.
0: Are you still in touch with the woman who gave you that job?
1: Yes, Jenny. Yeah, yeah. Jenny. Yeah, yeah. She's Shout got, out
0: to Jenny. She's got
1: a lot of credit in my book and I, oh. I I screenshot it to her and she's like, I'm so proud of you. Oh. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's you really. Oh, fantastic.
0: So. She saw something yeah. in you, didn't she? Yeah. Um, talking about giving advice and taking advice, um, Paul, you're a professional. Um, in, in, professional in, in, what? though? That's in, the question. Well, yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. In a suit. You're in oh, a suit. A man anyway. in a suit. A man in a man suit, in yes. a suit yes. yeah. Yes. Um, how do we get young people <laughs> to listen to proper good, trustworthy advice when the interweb is full of (laughs) (laughs) uh, all sorts of dodgy advice.
2: So, yeah, I I wish I knew, if I'm honest, but Mm -hmm. I think it's a a different pronged approach. You've got to have people like Peter, and I'm not trying to beat you up because you're in the room, but you've got to have a a solid sound sense of, of purpose. That actually the, this man's intention is honorable. He's mm-hmm. not trying to sally or anything. He's actually about, if you look at his stuff, it's about good quality advice that doesn't even talk about products after, you know, it's, it's not about that. It's about just some, something that's obvious, but not apparent. So there's there's that type of stuff and point in the way. Um, I, I've all, uh, schools, we've always talked about it. It's uh, I really liked, there's a thing, you know, Rishi's, Rishi Sunak um, about, you know, math yeah. till 18. Yeah, yeah numeracy. Uh, oh, my joke was, well, that doesn't add up, does it? Um, uh, but- it's uh not a joke. Almost. Um, thanks for the feedback. The, uh, but, but the point is, is that, you know, actually it's about uh, literacy and numeracy. It's, it's a different feel. It's about, do you understand about mm-hmm. credit card rates, compound effect, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's parenting as well. The family unit is forming a lot of people's opinions and how they are it's really hard to make sure that you have those conversations. And I can you know, talk about different, because different, it's a different demographic and different behaviour. Um, but, but, and if you are going to go to a right, the right type of, a, if you do want to, have to see a financial advisor, check them out on the FCA website, make sure they are legit and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is really hard. Um, there is, there's a lot of information on the internet but it's, uh, 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 my, my nephew, I've got to say, he's, he's an absolute nerd geek, right? He's 27 and he's like one of these guys you can see, see the matrix. He's an amazing guy. He's one of these plucked out of university boffins um, and making decent money and amazing guy. And he like, Uncle Paul, can you just talk to me about my pension? It's like, what? He said well, so we have got the internet mate you 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 pretty much wrote chat gpt you're the ai guy but yeah but you know uh, most of my mates wrote that and i don't trust what they say because they wrote, wrote most of the wikipedia stuff they didn't they don't know what they're talking about um and and he so he he sees me as some some family member who i haven't got a vested interest i actually just want to help him mm-hmm. so it's having those trusted people yeah, you know and, and and i guess getting across to in the well, I've, one is interesting that he came to me rather than looking at the internet. The second thing is actually, that actually my interest is about him, not me. I don't know, is it mm-hmm. a trust thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and what what sort of um, issues are the people, the young people that you're interacting with uh, online, what what sort of financial issues are they talking about? And they are talking, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. there are so many. I mean, a lot of them are struggling with, you know, the prospect of getting on the poverty ladder. That's a big, big one. Um, a lot of them are struggling with, you know, just being able to make ends meet. It feels as though they feel as though the world isn't quite working for them in in that equation you know wages have been low for a very very long time we're in an environment where everything costs so much more now it's like how do you get ahead that's their that's their main kind of worry a lot of them though are very, very bright. And this is the surprising thing because social media, and this is probably the good side of social media, it does bring up conversations. It gives them information to actually go and look for. Um, and a lot of them are very, 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 very bright. They're very, very attuned to the world of you know, investing. They're very, very entrepreneurial. That's great to see, but it's my concern in that space is there's a lot of bad information in there, and you have to be discerning so you don't fall into the traps of that bad information.
0: We started this conversation talking about the British and that we're modest and self-deprecating and we don't talk about uh, or, or, or or display our wealth. Do you think there is an actual shift then in in this culture or in in our psyche? Yes,
2: yeah, definitely. So that the, the, there is a there is a class system here. Okay. And the reason why, another reason which we talked, you know, we've researched is around, the reason why people don't talk about wealth is that I may not be the same class system as you. So that might alienate me with you. Okay. Um, For those of you listening, you're old enough, pulps, you know, um, I want to live like common people, started to change some of that. That's really bad singing. Jane, I do apologise. <laughs> but it was about you know someone who had a decent upbringing, pretending to be a bit poor so they could fit in because that's what, we, that's what social norms are about. But we have a class system, and that's also an issue in families as well of why I don't, perhaps the conversations aren't healthily had because I don't know how my brother's getting on. I do want to want to, do I think, if I... If I, if I share how I am, am I going to be seen as lording it over my brother or sister? Mm. Or am I going to be seen as a failure that I'm not successful as them? So it's better not to, let's not talk about it and let's mm. keep it apart. But what I'm, I'm seeing because of a lot of the American influence across the social media is more of that cultural piece of there isn't a class system. It is about the here and now. Whether it's healthy and balanced, I don't know. But I don't know what you, what you, you feel because you'll be far but you'll be down with the kids and I'm not Because, let's be first place it but I'm sensing a far better or far more open conversation about wealth money career than say in the last literally I'd say 10 years there's a definite demographic mood I don't know what you, you feel Yeah there
1: there is def- there are definitely more conversations and it's starting to come through now about what wealth is and what financial security actually is and it's not about Fitting in, and I love what you just said there, Paul. Because when I when I started working in Caney Wolf, I don't have a university degree, so technically speaking, when I started working in Caney Wolf in 20, 20, 2012, I shouldn't have been there. But I was work. I, I got recruited by a company who just wanted people who had the grit to just take no and be told no, like repeatedly, and still go back for more. And I was a sucker for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for that kind of thing, right? So. I got to work in Canary Wharf on one Canada square on the 50th floor, the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. For years, I'd wow. fantasized and dreamed about working there. Great
2: views. There. Great view, wow.
1: amazing views across London. And the funny thing was, talking about class and fitting in, when I got to the point where I was earning good money in Canary Wharf, I still felt as though I wasn't good enough to be there, like I didn't fit there, I didn't have a university degree. So what do you then do? You then spend money to look the part, mm-hmm. right? And that's really important because class really does come into it. I remember my, my recruitment day, my interview day, 25 guys in the room. A lot of them did go to Eton. A lot of them did go to university. A lot of them were very upper class. And there's me, mm. like, what am I doing here? And I think this it's a really important thing to note in your mind when you talk about money, because class is a huge, huge proponent. It's why people buy things to look a certain way, mm. when actually in the substance of it, it doesn't really matter. So that it's, it's such, an important point, and we cannot we cannot take that point out of the conversations when we start talking about money yeah. moving forward.
0: Yeah. And of course, instant gratification, yes. which isn't just about money; it's about everything in yeah. life nowadays, isn't it?
1: Instant gratification drove me to buy a pair of Giuseppe trainers for a thousand pounds.
0: Like what? no!
2: This is
1: how bad I was with money.
2: Oh, how come you know what Giuseppe trainers are but you don't know a Bugatti Vip I, I, <laughs> I heard the word trainer and
0: a thousand pounds, that was it.
1: <laughs> but that's how bad I was with money and that's instant gratification. Yeah. It's a combination of things. Instant gratification, wanting to fit in and my influences who were the rappers of the 1990s yeah. and early 2000s because that was, that is what success looked like. And in the real, you know, daylight of, of reality, mm. it isn't.
0: Yeah. Did you sell them on?
1: I've still got them in a box. I've worn oh. them five times. Wow. I've got them in a box, and I keep them
2: just to remind me of yes. how stupid I was. A
0: symbol. Yeah. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah. Right. Interesting. Well, no. I I, I. I. Hats off to you. That's amazing. The. Um, but I, I'm trying as a as a parent of a five year old and eight year old to try and do experiments with them because the good news is you can experiment on your children. And you don't need <laughs> an ethics committee to sign <laughs> it off. So I try and experiment yeah, but it'll with cost money. You in therapy later. Well, exactly, and you know. I'm sure it'd be a psychopath, i expect, on the back of it. But it, I do lots of little experiments about the value and, and choice mm. and trying to get them to understand the value of things. And just, just just the fact that, so on their spellings, for example, they get 10p per spelling, but if you get all of them right, we double. Mm. And I took it, in, took it in units of magazines. So a magazine is four pounds, so they get half a magazine. And then once they... But they can't buy a magazine with everything. They have, to get uh, more, they have to get more than enough of the magazine money before they can buy their first magazine. Yeah. And then they actually cherish it. Because what I learned yeah. is I go on holiday and I give it to them and it's like, and it's, pff, and it's gone. Yeah. And it's because it's a deferred gratification piece. So, yeah. so it, there are certain things that we as parents can do. Yeah. And I know it sounds really hard because you love your kids. You want to give them everything you didn't have. Yeah. But yeah. just that little bit of deferred, that little bit of value piece. Yeah. You know, I, I, another experiment if you, for any of your <laughs> listeners was that my little boy was desperate for a football net. Mm. And I said, okay, well, if you get five weeks right of your spellings, we'll get a football net. And of course, the first couple of weeks, then he got, oh no, and he got nine out of ten. Oh my gosh. And he had to start to zero again. So I thought, oh, this is bad. So I thought, right, well, okay, imagine you've got 10 footballs to get. Let's colour in five of them first. You just need to get another five, mm. right? You've already got five in the bank. So it's not five from zero. You've already got five. You just need mm. another five. You've already made progress. You've got five. Yeah. And he did it. Yeah. So it's, little, and it's the same thing. You still needed to get five in a row. Mm. It worked the second time. And it's trying to, you know, resilience and all yeah. that stuff. Sorry, yeah. I but yeah. I'm, I'm trying to experiment with them. And yes. I hopefully don't create psychopaths, really. I, I, I and can hear a
0: phone ringing in the studio there. I think it's Paul's children.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell them daddy's busy. Complaining about
0: him. Um, but the, the satisfaction of earning your own money and then buying stuff. Um, that's something that we need, we need to pass on, isn't it? Mm. Um, very sadly, we are out of time. In fact, we are over time. But this has been such an interesting conversation. I didn't want to stop. Um, I wonder if, if we could finish by each of you telling us the one thing that you'd like people listening to, to take away. That, the one thing that if you, if you left the studio Mm -hmm. and you thought, oh, I forgot to tell them that, what would that thing be, Peter? Um, I think
1: money is a scary subject for a lot of people, and it doesn't need to be. Um, I think that we need to have the courage to approach the uncomfortable. Um, and again, I struggled with death for 15 years. I couldn't. I just couldn't bear the thought of, of tackling it. And the reality is that I built it up to be so much bigger than it was. And when I did finally get to the point where I had no choice but to look at it, you feel so much more empowered in the fact that you actually did it it's like jumping out of a plane if you have a fear of heights you just feel amazing afterwards and i think we need to look at money in that same in that same light yes it might be scary but actually you're going to be so much better for it by just approaching it and you don't have to go you know deep end first start small with something that's relatively light touch and just build confidence from there, and that's what I think is the most important thing. And again, the second thing I would say is, you know, if you are in a position where you know you are looking at, you know, building wealth or investing that kind of stuff, speak to the right people, mm. please. There's a lot of bad information online, and at the end of the day, you wouldn't go to a surgeon for dentistry. Okay, so go <laughs> to the right people um, and seek advice. You know, it's it, they are there; they're trained for a reason. Make sure that you use the, the right tools to help you along.
0: Thank you. Paul.
2: Well, I'd like to build on, on what Peter just said about the you know, uncomfortable piece. Right. So there's people who say, do something every day that scares you or haven't, you know, have a, have that uncomfortable conversation. This podcast
0: conversation. is that for me with
2: you. <laughs> that's, that's great feedback again, Jen. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Um, so my top, my sort of giveaway really is four words. At the risk of, okay, it's a very British thing um, and it's deeped in behavioural science, with i um, odd name drop. I hate people who name drop, but I was saying I was saying to uh, Rishi Shneider the other day. I hate people who name drop. No, but no. So, so it's it's at the risk of because I worked with a guy called Charlie Green who wrote the book The Trusted Advisor, which is the science of, of trust. And we are very British in our, our ways. We like things like robust. We don't like goals. We like purpose. We like things like comprehensive rather than holistic. But one of the things we have difficulty is raising the uncomfortable question. And what I learned the very British way to do that is introduce it with the four words at the risk of and insert the feeling. So if it's mum and daddy worried about talking to you about money, at the risk of causing upset or at the risk of having a difficult conversation or at the risk of you thinking I'm only after money for me, but it's not, it's about us. Can we have a chat about what happens if you get ill? Can we have a chat about, you know, I'm, I'm in the sandwich generation, which is I have to, my mum is still alive and I'm gonna have to look after kids. I'm the sandwich generation. So I've got to have difficult conversations with both areas. But at the risk of, try and have that, introduce that, that little difficult thing with other people, friends, mm. at the risk of mm. having a bit of an uncomfortable feel, at the risk of. And it's the really easy way. Because once you've said it, British people go, oh, okay, it's, it's out. Whereas if you say, I want to talk to you about money, mum, it's like, what? Mm. But you say, look, at the risk of causing upset or, or you're thinking I'm after your inheritance, can we have a chat about money and how things are or talk about my debt? So at the risk of is my sort of top sort of thing I wanted to make mm. sure people walk away with. It. I love that. It's
0: great. Fantastic. This has been really, really interesting. Thank you both for your for your insights and the fruits of, of your experience. It's been great. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, James. Thanks, Thank people. you. And thank you for watching and listening to Secrets to a Financially Healthy Life brought to you by Quilter. If you'd like to find out more, then go to Quilter.com. I'm Jane Constantinis. Thank you and goodbye.